This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. This BFM budget 2024 special is brought to you by Marsing. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Enterprise BizBytes. My name is Rich Bradbury. For those of you not familiar, just a few days ago, on the 13th of October, last Friday, of course, the Prime Minister and the Finance Minister, Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim, unveiled Malaysia's national budget 2024 with a total allocation of 393.8 billion ringgit. Yesterday, as part of our week-long coverage of the budget 2024 announcement, we talked about key points and themes relevant to businesses with an SME-focused lens. Today, in our continuing coverage of the Budget 2024 announcement, we'll be taking a deep dive into what the budget has in store for digitalization initiatives with a focus on tools and fundings that may support SMEs and businesses. And if you have any thoughts, you can WhatsApp our U-Mobile number at 018-789-8899 or reach out to us on X. We are at BFM Radio. Again, our U-Mobile WhatsApp number 018-789-8899 double eight double nine joining me today to help digest some of that information is dr joita muhammad the director of research and director of economics and business unit at the institute for democracy and economic affairs or ideas and i've got harvinder singh a council member at the chartered tax institute of malaysia and partner at harvey and associates dr joita always good to have you here on the show and harvinder is glad you can join us here in the studio and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Joita, how are you? Thank you. I'm good. How are you? Very well. Thank you very much. I hear you're taking a vacation soon. I'm not taking a vacation. It is a working trip. That's what you say. Uh, Okay, let's just jump into things then straight away. Um, I think we'll start with you, Joita, first. um, And and then Harvinder, I'll come to you in just a moment. Uh, Joita, can you give me your, um, I guess, your top key top two key insights from the the, uh, the Budget 2024 announcement, and did those announcements hit some of your expectations? Thank you, Richard, for the question. So here at Ideas, we again congratulate the government for tabling the second Madarni budget ahead of the budget year. Um, this um, hence will allow parliamentarians to have sufficient time to scrutinize all of the fiscal policies, all of the announcements, the targets, as well as the programs for 2024. We do note that um, the new revenue sources um, that have been um, introduced are quite encouraging, but we do feel that um, serious and ongoing efforts to create more fiscal space must continue for Malaysia in the medium to long term. Mm. So we do note that uh, Malaysia's growth projection would be um, of up to 4 to 5% for the budget year. And this is realistic, looking at the global um, economic uh, growth as well. And we do see that the fiscal deficit target of about 4, 4.3% of the GDP is also uh, realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the government's uh, target to achieve the fiscal deficit target by 3% of GDP in the next um, three to five years 
as mandated by the Public Finance and Fiscal Responsibility Act could also be uh, achieved, um, especially with what I mentioned before, the announcements of new sources of revenues. Um, you have the capital gains tax, you have the luxury goods tax, and the increase in the service tax rate from uh, 6% to 8%. But however, in the long term, to widen um, the revenue for the government, uh, the GST might be further um, explored, um, given Malaysia's uh, poor tax to GDP ratio when we compare it to all of our other regional uh, partners. Okay, uh, thank you for that, Jurita. Over to you, Harvinda. Uh, what are your top two uh, key insights? Uh, thanks, Richard. Actually, uh, firstly, uh, I, I regard Budget 2024 <coughs> as Phase 2 of the uh, Madani Budget. Phase 1 was uh, Budget 2023, where the focus was on uh, <coughs> alleviating uh, poverty, uh, managing the rising cost of living, and uh, we saw no introduction of taxes at that point in time. And there was uh, pump priming of uh, you know efforts to pump prime the economy with uh, enhanced uh, mm. budget allocations. And this year has been uh, enhanced even further. Right. So having steadied the ship a little bit, uh, now the focus is on raising revenues, additional right. taxes, have, uh, by the introduction of uh, new taxes in this case. And uh, those were expected in terms of uh, there will be no reduction of tax rates, there will be introduction of uh, either capital gains tax and possibly the luxury good tax as well, and mm. both came through. What was not expected was the uh, shortening of the uh, implementation period for the e-invoicing, because all this while, the narrative has been that uh, you have got four years or so. It will be implemented in stages. So mm. that is, uh, I would say, uh, something we thought it was actually, uh, um, you know, some sort of uh, typo error. <laughs> but uh, we have confirmed with the authorities that no, uh, it's going to be implemented earlier. Right. But, Okay, Jurita, I just want to jump um, onto how things currently stand. You know, give us a sense of the the current state of digitalization for for SMEs right now, and the current gaps that you see for SME digitalization. Um, thank you, Richard, for that. Um, if we look at um, the publication by SME Corp, um, it was mentioned that about 77% of SMEs in the country remain only at the basic level of digitization. So this survey also was conducted by, um, by SME Corp, and um, they mentioned that SMEs have digitized at, at least only one aspect of their business. Um, but this process hasn't been uh, uniform across the board. Mm. Uh, we did see that on the ground, only a small share of SMEs um, that were surveyed had uh, digitized key aspects of their business that would help uh, boost productivity and this can include um, areas of inventory management, accounting and finance, and also sales and planning. Um, but looking at the current gaps, I think SMEs can look into the adoption of emerging uh, new technologies such as AI and machine learning in operations management and also sales planning. And this can, again, provide significant increases in sales and productivity. But here, I do feel that the gap is on the skill sets as well, mm. as well as human capital um, to, to adopt all of these uh, new tools mm. um, for the SMEs uh, themselves. Harvinder, do you have anything to add to that? 
Um, basically, I would agree with uh, what Dr. Jyotha has mentioned. Uh, some of the statistics that I have to talk about, about 48.1% have started some form of digitalization, but uh, still at a very early stage. Mm. And uh, to echo what Dr. Jyotha has said, uh, about 70% essentially are very new or have not digitized. Mm. Now, now, with that in mind, uh, he, uh, the Prime Minister did announce that the Bank Nagara Malaysia will provide 900 million ringgit for loans to help automate and digitalize operations for SMEs. How do you think these uh, allocations will help to digitize uh, uh, SMEs? Uh, well, it uh, basically will provide access to affordable financing. Mm. SMEs typically face challenges in uh, securing funding for you know, digitization projects as well. Uh, it will help to facilitate uh, technology adoption with access to these funds. Uh, SMEs can then invest in adop- adoption of digital tools, technologies and systems, and uh, which includes implementing software solutions, hardware upgrades, etc. Accelerates the digital transformation right, for the SMEs. And uh, with uh, digitalization, obviously, it will help enhance the competitiveness of the uh, SMEs. Mm. Uh, by embracing digitalization, they will, you know, they could leverage on technologies like automation, artificial intelligence, yeah. data analytics, e-commerce platforms, etc. Mm. So I think uh, this is actually a, a, a good uh, initiative by the government to provide access to financing the, in this the, matter. The two of you agreeing on the same points here then. AI, uh, machine learning, other things to be looking at for the next few years. I, right. do, do we look, are we looking at 900 million ringgit? Do we think it's enough? Juita? I do feel 900 million ringgit for loans is quite, um, a, well, a, a generous number. But I do feel that beyond the grants, what is needed is, again, the training um, that is needed to accompany these these loans and these grants. Um, we did um, talk to SMEs on the ground, and one of the key challenges for them was that there was um, not a single one-stop center um, to them. There are too many information about different trainings, different grants mm. on um, digitization and automation, they do not know um, what type of criteria um, that they need to meet um, if, again, they're of a smaller size if compared to like bigger firms. And we did see here that both at the state and um, at the federal levels, we do have different agencies providing different tra- types of training and different types of grants, but these training are not necessarily tweaked or um, um catering to the needs of these uh, MSMEs themselves. Mm -hmm. So I think um, the tweaking um, needs to be, again, it goes back, it needs to be back to the needs of the type of the MSME and the type of support that they need. But I do feel that um, only the loans will not help. I think a lot of training, a lot of mentoring um, will be very much needed so that the MSMEs can be incorporated into our supply chain, can be incorporated into our exportables uh, sector as well. Mm. I think this idea of a one-stop shop is something that we've kind of discussed before in the past. It can be a little bit confusing about which loans are available, where to get them from, who do you need to talk to. I, I think we can have a little bit more of a chat about that, though, after 
after a short break. Folks, I'm in the studio with Harvinder Singh. He's the council member at the Chartered Tax Institute of Malaysia and a partner at Harvey and Associates. And on the phone is Dr. Juita Mohammed, Director of Research and Director of Economic uh, Economics and Business Unit at the Institute for Democracy and Economic Affairs, better known as Ideas. If you have any comments, do get us via our U-Mobile WhatsApp number. It is 018-789-8899. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes here on Enterprise BizBytes on BFM 89.9, the business station. Stay tuned to BFM's Budget 2024 special, brought to you by Marsing. Best for money, BFM 89.9. This BFM Budget 2024 special is brought to you by Marsing. Welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. My name is Rich Bradbury. Of course, we are continuing our week-long coverage of the Budget 2024 announcements. With me here in the studio is Harvinder Singh, the council member at the Chartered Tax Institute of Malaysia and a partner at Harvey & Associates. I'm joined online by Dr. Juita Mohammed, a Director of Research and Director of Economics and Business Unit at the Institute for Democracy and Economic Affairs, otherwise known as IDEAS. Guys, just before the break, we were speaking about the 900, ring, uh, 900 million ringgit that, that has been allocated for loans to help automate and digitalize operations for SMEs. Havinda, can I just ask, uh, what, we know, do, what do we know about the take-up rates for these grants from, from previous years? Uh, well, Richard, from what I understand, it's not been uh, fully taken up. And I think uh, going back to some of the reasons that were shared by Dr. Juwita, mm. uh, there are not very, it's the application process itself is not very clear. Yeah. Uh, the qualifying criteria, again, not clear as well. Uh, we don't have a one-stop center, as mentioned. And then there are the, uh, the red tape and the bureaucracy issues that I think uh, come in, in the way as well. That's not something new, though, is it? No, no, it's not. It's right. not. So we, it's an oft-repeated uh, you know, uh, lamenting that we do. Mm, mm. Yep. So I think uh, this... Uh, Areas that obviously need to be improved, mm -hmm. looked at, and uh, let's hope we see that happening okay. in time to come. Let's yeah. see. Now, Juita, another thing we saw was 100 million ringgit uh, for digitization grants of up to 5,000 ringgit uh, for the benefit of more than 20,000 MSMEs, which, uh, among other things, uh, can be used to upgrade things like sales, uh, inventory, and digital accounting systems. I think you kind of mentioned that. Now, we've seen grants like these in the past as well. But how much do you see this moving the needle to push that, that digitalization within micro SMEs? Is it, is it enough to help them out? Um, yeah, let me try to unpack a bit um, the question um, by giving some background statistics. So the micro enterprises in Malaysia make up about 78% of the Malaysian SMEs um, right community. Yeah. So in contrast, the medium-sized enterprises only comprise of 1.6% of the total SMEs. So if you want the micro and the small media, uh, small um, enterprises to take up these grants, I think, again, we have to look at what is it that they need and what it is um, that 
they're facing challenges on when they do try to adopt um, these new technologies. So again, you know, the government is channeling a lot of grants, um, even um, even from before um, the pandemic. Um, we did see that there's an allocation uh, towards the digitization and automation for SMEs. Uh, in terms of how much this initiative might contribute um, towards the digitization of MSMEs as a whole, I believe that the grant must be supplemented by other initiatives as, as well as like training or mentorship or um, we might not see such meaningful uh, progress in the next um, couple of years to come. Mm. So a, a good example of a successful government initiative, if I can add here, um, which is set up to assist the process of digitization, is the web portal um, known as the My Assist MSMEs. Um, it was created to help SMEs resolve business-related issues. So really specific um, mentoring on specific challenges faced by those SMEs. So the SMEs um, can use the portal to connect with larger GLCs, larger hypermarkets in the supply chain, and also other MNCs. And again, it has given this uh, platform its, its value um, because um, from these uh, platforms, they're able to promote their products and their services to a larger audience mm. and to a specific uh, supply chain. And it was seen that in just six weeks after the launch, uh, this platform has already helped SMEs to generate about 9.66 million uh, ringgit of potential sales via the Match Me uh, portal. Mm. So there are great initi initiatives out there. I think it just needs to be nationalized and also standardized. Um, so if we do have one recipe for a success story, I think this should just be expanded to the whole country as soon as possible. Great. Havinda? Yep. Um, I think I'll just uh, add on to that. Uh, the 5,000 ringgit uh, amount uh, may not cover the full cost of a comprehensive uh, uh, digitalization effort, but uh, it provides a meaningful uh, starting point. And as mentioned by Dr. Juwita, combined with other grants, incentives, and other uh, assistance, it mm. will be a uh, you know, tremendous help. Mm. And, uh, you know, for micro SMEs to have access to financial resources is an issue. So this is, I think, uh, a grant of, of up to 5000 It can be a tremendous boost uh, to enable them to essentially, you know, develop websites, to it's a kickstart, right? Yeah, it's a kickstart. That's yeah, right. Right. Yeah. I, I want to skip ahead then, uh, and uh, Harvinder, you, you you briefly mentioned it just a couple of minutes ago about e-invoicing, uh, and uh, we, we have an extension of time for the rollout of e-invoicing, but at the same time, the comprehensive implementation target is now uh, the first of July, twenty twenty-five, uh, instead of January twenty twenty-seven. How much could this factor into the uh, digitalization push for SMEs? Um, I think it uh, makes it now imperative right, for them to <laughs> yeah. get it on, get it up and get it on uh, sooner rather than later. Mm. And uh, the fact that over 70% of SMEs are not even not digitalized, ready. Yeah. not ready. So this is going to be a big challenge, mm. I believe. Uh, from the tax authorities perspective, and I'm not speaking on their behalf, but uh, just trying to see why this is done. I think initially they were probably uh, uh, considering or rather concerned that uh, that might be a, a bottleneck 
when it comes to managing invoicing issues. But mm. uh, I think they've come to realize that uh, it's probably a lot smoother than what was initially anticipated. Mm-hmm. So they brought the uh, deadline, you know, earlier. Uh, we have this uh, requirement under the uh, Public Finance and Fiscal Responsibility Act to mandatorily bring down the uh, ratio of uh, fiscal deficit to the uh, GDP to 3% in three to five years. Mm. Right now, our national debt is at 1.5 trillion, right? So e-invoicing essentially will mean that we are widening the database of taxpayers, the possibility of uh, increasing the tax collections significantly would basically come in as a result of the implementation of e-invoicing. So I suppose these are perhaps the reasons why it has been brought forward, but it's going to be a big challenge, I believe. I'm going to say, Juita, do you see this being a kind of messy affair or how are we going to get around this? Yeah, so I think um, this... this, um, I think that that pause kind of says a lot there, Juita. Well, this contraction of, you know, now it's the 1st of July 2025 instead of January 2027. I think there needs to be a lot of, you know, resources needed to to make this happen. Um, Again, this shouldn't be a major impediment in terms of digitization push for the uh, SMEs. This is something, again, that should be viewed positively as it enhances business efficiency as well as uh, transparency. Um, so again, this is just a new way of doing business because, um, you know, it's a different way of, you know, doing business before we use cash and now we're using e-wallets. Uh, so times are changing, but I think this is very good. Um, again, this is setting the stage um, for maybe if we do want to bring in GSTs um, because these are the type of practices that you need to uh, have to ace um, if you want to bring it, um, bring back um, a, a more transparent form of taxation um, framework in the next few years to come. Okay. Hold that thought. Uh, I'm going to take us into another short break. And when we come back, I, I think I've got a couple more questions for you two uh, before I let you both go. Of course, I, I'm on the phone with uh, Dr. Juita Mohammed. She's the Director of Research and Director of Economics and Business Unit at the Institute for Democracy and Economic Affairs, uh, otherwise known as IDEAS. And here with me in the studio is Harvinder Singh, the Council Member at the Chartered Tax Institute of Malaysia and partner at Harvey and Associates. We're talking about some of the digital Digitalization initiatives uh, and some of the uh, concerns perhaps of that in the budget announcement for 2024. We'll be right back after some messages and some uh, music from Queens of the Stone Age with No One Knows. We'll be right back here on Enterprise BizBytes on BFM 89.9, the business station. Stay tuned to BFM's Budget 2024 special, brought to you by Marsing. Better Finance Management. BFM 89.9 This BFM Budget 2024 special is brought to you by Marsing. Welcome back to Enterprise BizBytes. My name is Rich Bradbury. Of course, just a few days ago, the Prime Minister and the Finance Minister, Datu Sri Anwar Ibrahim, unveiled Malaysia's National Budget 2024 with a total allocation of 393.8 billion ringgit. Yesterday, as part of our week-long coverage of the budget, we talked about some key points and themes relevant to businesses with an SME-focused lens. Today, we're continuing that coverage. Uh, we're taking a bit of a deep dive into what the budget has in store for digitalization initiatives 
initiatives with a focus on tools and fundings that might help support SMEs and businesses. Here in the studio with me right now is Harvinder Singh, the council member at the Chartered Tax Institute of Malaysia and partner at Harvey and Associates. Over on the phones, I have Dr. Joita Mohammed, Director of Research and Director of Economics and Business Unit at the Institute for Democracy and Economic Affairs. Uh, Harvinder, I, I want to, I, I suppose I've got three or four questions to wrap up with, but I, I guess one of the bigger questions is, do you think that there is enough to meet the growing needs of these businesses in their digital transformation journey? And if not, uh, what would you have liked to have seen? Well, I think uh, the support so far has been very useful uh, to have the basic infrastructure in place, to have uh, you know to develop websites, to have uh, to be able to do uh, advertising on social media and those mm. sort of things. Uh, but I think what would be useful, and I think uh, the SMEs have also sort of voiced this, would to have uh, allocation of funds to acquire technology, to acquire IP, uh, patents, etc., uh, to move up the value chain. Mm. Uh, you know, leverage on the IPs, etc., that are available instead of having to reinvent the wheel. Right, right. Juita, do you agree with that? Um, I do, but I also would like to add on maybe an impact assessment on how these grants are effective um, needs to also be um, um, taken uh, a look a bit by the providers of these uh, funds. Um, so again, the uptake of digitization is still quite low. I think if you know the policies are out there, maybe there needs to be a better way of dissemination this information. There needs to be a better way of you know um, strategizing on what the thresholds uh, should be, yeah. um, because you know funneling more funding on a, a policy or a program that not not but that are not um, exactly what is needed by the MSMEs will will not be effective and efficient um, usage of uh, resources in the long term. So I do um, hope that, you know, a more um, in-depth um, study um, of the assessment uh, of, you know, these programs um, can be taken on by Laksana or any other uh, entities. Okay. Now, uh, and, and I guess this is the kind of... The gist of the conversation today is as much as we want to talk about these this digital transformation journey and the acceleration for MSMEs and SMEs, and now we're hearing about the moving of e-invoicing and one thing or another, is there concern that we could be trying to do too much in a too small uh, time frame, Havinda? Yep, I think... Uh it certainly looks like that. Right. Bearing in mind that uh, many SMEs are not really uh, there or They're haven't even started. They haven't started. Yeah. Even, haven't even started as well. So the impact of this will ultimately depend on factors such as the readiness and willingness as well mm. of the uh, individual businesses to embrace digital technologies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but there is a need for them to do it ASAP. With the uh, especially because the invoicing deadline yeah. has been uh, brought forward, and invoicing is essentially going to uh, affect every business, every transaction that's carried out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Juita, um, so I do feel that it's okay to do many things as long as the information is streamlined. And as long as the information is available, because again, the digital economy, digital trade is an ever-moving dynamic component um, of the economy. So 
it's okay to do many different things all at once. Um, but again, there needs to be a clarity in information in what is you know available out there and how to improve uptake is also a very important um, issue that we need to rectify soon. Mm. Okay, we, we've got a few minutes left and I, I suppose I can throw this question out to, to the two of you. Um, was there anything else covered in the budget that you uh, individually would, would like to highlight, Harvinder? Um, I think uh, the service tax, increase in service tax from 6 to 8% will uh, impact the cost, of, I mean, the, the businesses, uh, SMEs as well, because the cost of doing business will go up. They'll have to pay more for the services that they procure mm. from uh, various service providers. And uh, the other thing is uh, the capital gains tax, which has been introduced. Uh, thankfully, uh, it doesn't cover IPO uh, or listing uh, exercises and uh, any internal, uh, you know, sort of restructuring is not impacted as well because these internal restructurings may be necessary to increase efficiency, etc. They may involve swapping of shares, no actual cash transactions. If you've got to pay capital gains tax, then it's money out of pocket, mm. right? But uh, the capital gains tax itself, uh, there's this concern that if you're looking at acquiring or, you know, getting in a strategic partner and you're going to have to therefore dispose your shares, uh, this will be, therefore, mm. a costly affair mm. in that sense. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Harvinda. Juita, just before we wrap up, final word with you. Okay, so just for me, just one point, um, which is on the strategic direction of the new Industrial Master Plan 2030. Um, so this would be one of the main pillars of the budget as well, is to restructure the economy to facilitate growth and improve economic complexity. So this, again, is, many, uh, is, is very much uh, needed, um, especially when Malaysia is uh, ratifying and member of many different free trade agreements like the CPTPP, the RCEP, and now we're negotiating with the U.S. and other like-minded countries on the IPEF um, agreement. So again, we need to be able to um, have the avenue for MSMEs to be a part of the supply chain um, because again, we don't want um, the all of these mega trade deals to just... Um, um, for the benefits to to be felt by the bigger um, foreign direct investors, um, we need to also um, have MSMEs to participate in the supply chain and hopefully become exporters in the long run. So this is where, again, um, I would like to see the implementation of all of these um, free trade agreements to be translated on the ground uh, for the MSMEs in the next few years to come. Great. Thank you very much, folks. I've been speaking with Dr. Juita Mohammed, the Director of Research and Director of Economics and Business Unit at Ideas. And of course, here in the studio with me was Harvinder Singh, Council Member at Chartered Tax Institute of Malaysia and a partner at Harvey and Associates. And if you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch up with the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find our shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast players. Just search for Enterprise BizBytes. Looking ahead, of course, we've got the Breakfast Grill replay coming up after the 1pm news bulletin. Uh, in September, the government launched Malaysia's new industrial master plan 2030 with the goal to propel Malaysia's manufacturing sector to transform Malaysia into a high-tech industrialised nation together with Budget 2024. The Breakfast Grill delved into the details of the NIMP with 
with Dato Sri Utama Zafrul Tanku Abdul Aziz, the Minister of Investment, Trade and Industry for Malaysia, and Dr. Ong Kian Ming, Director of Philosophy, Politics and Economic uh, Econo- Economy Program on how it can foster economic growth, job creation, and value-added production. That's all coming up after the one o'clock news. We'll be back same time, same place tomorrow here on Enterprise Biz Bites on BFM eighty-nine point nine, the Business Station. This BFM Budget 2024 special was brought to you by Marsing. Reinvent spaces, enhance life. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.